I am pretty sure that the Friends theme song, after Scar did the thing about Sesame Street last episode, I've been listening to music and thinking. And I'm pretty sure the Friends theme song stole from a different song, but I have to hear the Friends theme song in order to know because I didn't watch the fucking show enough to remember. So hold on. No, never mind. I thought it was um, I thought it was this song. You got the look, not the uh, Prince song, but the na 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 na. But it's kind of it kind of the riff is similar, right? Like, the riff is similar. Do you know the original song was supposed to be Shiny Happy People by R.E.M.? Never heard it before. I'm not you, Scar. Oh, you should. My bad. I don't want your life. You music major. You know there's music like classes that you could take and then become like a scientist of music and talk yeah. there about, about music and shit. Yeah, I, I I love this the way that it is. I don't want to make it a job. But it will pay a lot. Mm, no. Okay, just checking. I mean, some people go to college because they have a hobby. You don't have don't to make think, it into a job. I don't think talk about music plays that much unless you get put on. Yeah. And then it pays a lot. It should pay more. I feel like that but should pay more than being a teacher. In Virginia, you can take classes for free there. I think. I don't know if there. I don't know if there's one here. I know there's one home. I know there's one at home. Is in Virginia home? I mean, like Newport News home. I'm talking about. I'm in Richmond, where I don't know if there's anything around here because all of the. I'm sure there's like. like a, Two or three community colleges in Richmond. It's the Virginia's capital. Yeah, but they but around here, no one talks about that shit. We they only talk about VCU. Um, but really, VCU. Yeah, nobody talks like, about ever talks about the, community college. Yeah, no, people think community college is bad because nobody talks about it. No, but like no one, like no one even really talks about the University of Richmond around here. It's all it's VCU everything. It should be Hampton. Hampton's Hampton not is, nowhere near there. Hampton is over an hour away. Hampton is well, okay. It should be Norfolk State. Norfolk State, State is two hours away from here. Okay, um, Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach is two and a half hours away. Where the fuck are you? Richmond, Newport am, News, aren't you? Richmond's two Newport hours from DC. I'm I'm from Newport News, but I live in Richmond. Oh, yeah, that's different. Richmond's two I'm, hours from DC. Fuck them niggas. I'm, I moved here a couple of fuck years ago. Fuck them niggas. Like, fuck Richmond all the way. God damn, I hate Richmond. Why? Why? Who? Who? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact, other than the fact that, like, you know, this was the the headquarters of the group that actually came up with all of those Confederate monu- monuments. Um. And this was supposed to be the capital of the Confederacy when 
the Confederacy was a thing. Yeah, um, but you know, no one was in the room when it happened, but all of a sudden it became Washington, D.C. So, um, <clears throat> no, the, the D.C. is the, the capital of the country, but this was when the Confederacy decided we're not fucking with y'all, Richmond was supposed to be the capital. Richmond's very nice. I like Richmond. It's it's a, it's decent. It's a decent. It's city. like an actual. It's the only actual city in Virginia. True. No, it's not really a city because all of our all of our kind of big cities are just large in size, but they're really in relationship to actual cities. They're kind of really like large towns. Yeah, it's like a large town. Yeah. Virginia Beach. I mean, the Tidewater area is just like this big metropolitan area, but it's not like any of them are like any cities. Richmond no. has like a downtown, like an actual city, skyscrapers, like tall buildings and shit. Mm-hmm. I can see them. They're right over there. They don't got that nowhere else in Virginia. Unless you count Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia is something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> and Northern Virginia is the reason why we're not red anymore. Yeah, it's the only reason. The only reason why we're not red anymore. The, the the real DMV. When they say DMV, the V is Northern Virginia. It's not the rest of us. I mean, do y'all still have a problem with MS-13? I don't know. Have we ever had a problem with MS-13? I, I, I don't know, fam. All I know is that right around election time in 2016... All these stories came out on the news about MS-13 and Richmond just <laughs> murdering motherfuckers. Are you talking about Richmond, Virginia or Richmond, California? Richmond, Virginia, nigga. I'd know if it was Richmond, California. I wish them niggas would. Because I, I don't know about no... I don't know about no, no MS-13 in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might, they might be some of them niggas here, but like... It was a big story. I mean, but they, they, I mean, let's be honest. Let's think about how big the story of the knockout game was. Right? Remember that shit? He almost died. They punched an old man in the face and he hit his head on the ground and he almost died. But it's really interesting to watch uh, videos on YouTube. That did happen, though. Yeah, it did happen. No, it did happen, but it wasn't as widespread of a thing as they made. No, it's just interesting to watch a a story coalesce into like it's it's interesting to watch an ant hill litter or a molehill literally become a mountain in real time. Are the fucking clowns? Yeah. Like the fucking clowns. What was that? The Trump election? The Trump election? The first Trump election with the Mm -hmm. clowns? And then as soon as the election is over, this shit is done. Mm -hmm. Remember the story about the fucking um the fucking migrant caravan, which all of a sudden just disappeared once the election was over. Mm -hmm. No, the caravan was uh yeah, the caravan was leading up to the midterms. Yes, and then they start talking. Oh, it's the midterm. It. Yeah, yeah, it but but typically, one these shits come out around the time of an election. As soon as the election is over, the story is done. Go back to the corner. You've done your job. That'll do, pig. <laughs> Can I come back out? No, MS thirteen. Go play. I didn't even get to kill nobody. I'm supposed to be a real killer. I'm MS thirteen. 
Okay, so Brandon, first and foremost, I hope you realize the titles of the episodes of the black and white uh, intros. I don't pay attention to any of the titles. Oh, uh, because the first one was called 737. The second one was called Down. The third one was called Over. And the last one, the season finale, is Albuquerque. Garden hose dripping, a bird feeder, a snail, snailing, sirens off in the distance. Have we ever talked about whether or not y'all can uh, distinguish which sirens are which? We have, right? Yes, we talked about that. Okay, cool. It's, it's very important. Because, I mean, if you're speeding down the road and you hear a siren, you need to know if it's a cop car or an ambulance pretty fucking quickly. Mm, no, I just need to know to get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out the way, first of all. But if you're speeding, they can always say, hey, there was a guy to my left. But, I mean, I never even I never think about it. If I hear a siren, I just know to move. Um, but you just, just know if you hear a siren with an onk, onk, then you know. That's, that's a fire truck. truck. That's, that's a, a fire, fire truck. truck. That's Them niggas be. Yeah, that's fire trucks for sure. Anyhow. The teddy bear's eye gets sucked into the filter, and then the teddy bear gets lifted out of the pool. And these are all things we've seen before with a few big differences, which are, as the people in hazmat suits are lifting the items out the backyard, we see the shattered windshield and the two bodies in body bags in Walt's driveway. Then we see a shoe in the bushes, a burnt book in the rocks, an evidence sign, a person with a metal detector. Those are all new. And the people carry their findings off to a van where they close the door and knock on it twice, alerting it to pull off. It does, and suddenly everything comes into beautiful color. Like, this was so dope, how it all came into color at this moment. This is the National Transportation Safety Board, and there's two black plumes of smoke about a quarter mile behind Walt's house. Four helicopters are hovering around him, surveying the damage. Welcome to Blood, Meth, and Tears. That's Scar. That's Brandon. I'm Derek. As far as intros go, like that was the best long play cold openings I've ever seen in my entire life. Like when I saw that the first time, Brandon, how did it make you feel when you first saw that and you saw how it all played out? Um, I was I just thought it was another one of those things that didn't make any sense. And I also still think it doesn't make any sense. It was kind of like, what was the point? Like, did I need to know that her daddy was so traumatized that he couldn't do his fucking job to that level? Yeah, because it's Walt's fault. No, it's Walt's fault that, all, that this <laughs> shit happened. Like, we, all of this is the, all of this stuff that's been it's not Walt's fault. It It's all Walt's, Walt's fault. fault. I mean, no, it's her not. dad's fault. It's her dad's fault. Let's it's be not real. Her dad's fault. No, no, it's, no, no, it's it, Walt's it, fault. No, it's, it's her Walt. dad's fault first. Here's how it's her dad's fault. 
Her dad and Walt sat down at the bar. We talked about this in the last episode. They sat down at the bar. They talked about their kids. Walt told him about Jesse. And her dad said, and I quote, it's family. You can't give up on family. It made Walt feel so emotional that this nigga ran over to Jesse's house to try and toss some sense into him. Now, when he got to the house and came in, that's when he was shaking Jesse because Jesse was off that shit. And by him shaking Jesse, trying to shake him awake, he rolled Jane onto her back where she choked on her vomit. If he hadn't talked to this dude and this dude hadn't hit him with the family speech like Ben Diesel, Walt would have never went to that fucking house. Not true. Here's the real problem. You you didn't go back far enough. If Walt didn't convince Jesse he was a fucking puffer fish and decided to expand their territory where Combo ended up dying, he wanted to do meth, and that led them to doing to 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 doing a harder drug. No. None of this shit would have no. happened. If if Walt didn't do the puffer fish thing and told them to expand when Jesse tried to talk him out of it, I'm so, going to destroy that argument. The juice for this. He I'm said he, Jesse tried to tell him from the jump, "We ain't got the juice for this." Hank, I mean Hank, um, Walt convinced him anyway. They expanded. Combo got killed. It sent Jesse down a spiral to where he was really going to hit the drugs hard. She decided to join in. And started putting him on that H. When she put him on that H, that got all of this shit rolling. I it's got one from, question. From the beginning, one from the beginning it's Walt. It's Walt. Let me ask you a question. Um, before Walt started cooking meth, was Jesse doing meth? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's your answer. Do you really think Jesse was not going to do drugs if me- if Jesse, Walt had never come in his life? Jesse Jesse had if Jesse anything, had, he stopped doing drugs because Walt was getting him involved in other shit. No, Je- no, no, no. Jesse has stopped. Jesse has stopped smoking the meth. He was only smoking weed. He was only smoking weed. Combo's Combo's death drove him to want to go back to the meth, and that's when he talked to her. And that's when she 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 went back to her ways because Combo died. If Walt wouldn't have put him on, it wouldn't have put Combo on that path to die. Jesse would have never done meth ever again. Probably not. Okay, you don't believe that? Come on, you do not believe that Jesse was, was done smoking meth. meth. He was well, like two days. or at least, or at least, he, he yeah, was, that nigga was not done smoking meth, my friend. You keep telling me the show is much shorter than what it is. He was off meth for like two days. True, but still, that nigga I was still, not gonna stop smoking meth for nothing. But, but but she even mentioned that she only smelled the weed coming from coming from next door, so she knew he was over there smoking weed when Combo died. And he was like, "Can you leave? Because I'm getting ready to do I'm getting ready to do something because my man's died." And she stayed, and that turned her around. And then, and then eventually, she introduced him to what she liked. But if 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 Combo doesn't die, does that happen? Does any of the rest of this happen in this way? Look, we can talk about the butterfly effect and the drop in the ocean and ripples and all that kind of stuff. But one big ass rock that got thrown into the ocean was her dad talking to Walt. That coincidence 
Even if Jesse was doing drugs, okay, cool, fine, whatever. If Walt hadn't went over there and shook Jesse, she wouldn't have rolled on her back. She'd be alive the next day. That's that. Jesse would have woke up with vomit on his neck. But but Walt absolutely. They would have been they would have been on drugs. Yes, yes. Combo's death caused Jesse to relapse into doing hard drugs. Yes, that's that's one hundred percent. Yes, but. We don't know if he wasn't already doing them, like 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 Brandon but, said. That's and, one and two. She wasn't on her back until Walt shook her, and then and, she threw up and choked and, on it and died. And three, Walt had the opportunity to save her. Again. Yes, now that's a decision he made. That's absolutely his fault. But he wouldn't have been there had her dad not. Her dad put him in his feels the way black men somehow find themselves walking down the fucking aisle at church when the pastor's preaching with their hands over their face, just shell shocked as they get closer and closer with tears streaming down their face. I ain't spend much time in church dog. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's really her fault because nobody told her to do heroin. Nobody did. wasn't even doing heroin. She brought the heroin into the equation. She and did. then she threatened Walt when Jesse told her not to, and then she tried to blackmail indeed. her. Then mm-hmm. tried to blackmail him, and so she brought. If she wouldn't have done that, I'm pretty sure Walt would have saved her. But so I'm Walt also 100 sure that Walt wouldn't have came back because he was like Jesse. This is what you want to do with your life, and Jesse's like, you'll never see it again. Yeah. So this is all her fault. Not the part about her being on her back. Well, she did heroin on her back. No, she did heroin and was spooning with Jesse. She was the big yes. spoon. She was the big spoon. She was the big spoon. She, she was on her side. She, did, she didn't turn on her back until he shook Jesse. Which inadvertently bumped her, which landed her on her back, and then she threw up and choked on it. So, hmm. there's several different ways this is Walt's fault. But like and, but if this is if this is Doctor Strange and he's looking at all of these things, he's looking at all of them, and you see the rat landing on the fucking truck. If her dad hadn't been at that bar while Walt had been at that bar, they would have woke up the next day and went to fucking the airport to find out they couldn't go to New Zealand because they didn't have fucking passports. <laughs> and she would have ended up going to rehab. Also, there's no guarantee that Jesse wouldn't have rolled over in his fucking sleep and she'd have been on her back. So I can't, I'm not blaming Walt for that but shit. We, but, but we're talking, what you're talking about, and I feel you, but that is a possibility. What Walt did was an absolute. Yeah, Walt decided not Walt to shaking her. her, so then she rolled on her back. That absolutely put her in danger. And then Walt making that second choice to not save her, that was absolutely... Yeah, that's because she threatened him. Hey, if you, if, you if, 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 if your wife threatened to blackmail somebody, do you think she deserves to die for that? It depends how big the blackmail is. <laughs> yeah, and, let's, and let's be honest. We know from this episode that blackmail wasn't going to work in the first place. It was not. How do we know it wasn't going to work? Because Skylar figured all of this shit out on her own. No, Scala didn't figure out shit. She she figured out he's lying. That nigga she didn't. Out, no, he, no, that hard. nigga got high and started talking. Yes, but 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 that ain't I mean, big. Don't give. I love Scala, started, but don't give her credit. 
but then she but then she started to backtrack. She called mama. She called the sports. Yeah, and all she, she figured out like, is Walt's a liar. Yes. That's not the same as Walt yeah. is a drug kingpin cooking meth and has a trillion dollars. <laughs> in an RV now. down in an RV <laughs> down by the river. It would have put, put what she found it would have put what she found out in perspective though. It would have, but that's not the same. She didn't put shit together. She didn't figure nothing out. She just found out that somehow Walt paid one hundred thousand dollars. But remember, she already knew he was lying about something. Yeah, she knew he was lying about something, but she didn't know what. The best thing she would have gotten out of that is like when your mama whoops you and then she finds out she didn't do shit. So she's like, I'm whooping you for something you thought you got away with. She knew he had gotten away with something because that fugue state thing didn't sit well with her. But she don't know what. And and then and then afterwards, uh, instead of apologizing, she just asks you if she want if you want something to eat. Um, oh yeah, Slurpees. That's why now, as a as a coping mechanism, I go get Slurpees when I'm sad. But even at this point, all <laughs> she knows is that he lied about some shit. She don't she know don't what know though. Anything. But okay, so Jesse is desperately trying to give CPR to Jane, who literally died with her eyes open, and is staring at him. And he cries hysterically, like, dude, it's not going to work. She's looking at you. She's like, here, eyes on you. Walt's holding Holly at the same time when he gets a call from Jesse, who tells him what happened. And for some reason, Walt seems shocked. <laughs> Walt seems shocked that Jane died before he tells Jesse that everything will be okay and to calm down. He tells him to sit tight because he knows who to call. Spoiler alert. Better call Saul. It ain't Ghostbusters. <laughs> this nigga shows up and says, Saul Goodman sent me. He tells Jesse to come into the house. He locks the door and he asks him where Jane's body is. Jesse slumps down next to the front door and does nothing. The man puts on some gloves and takes all the drug paraphernalia off the, um, off the nightstand and puts it in a bag. He takes a wet wipe and cleans off the nightstands. He takes a belt and puts it into the bag of money and he leaves Jane alone. He comes back out and he sees the weed and the bong and he takes those two. Now, let me describe this man. This man is an old white man with ears like a fucking what the fuck was Spock like a Vulcan. I never seen real ears this pointy, but it's an old man with pointy ass ears and a bald head. And he's the baddest motherfucker in this entire goddamn episode. Because he comes out and he asks Jesse if there's any other drugs in the house. And when Jesse doesn't answer, he asks about guns. Jesse shakes his head to that. And the man tells him if there's any other drugs, you might go to jail. He tells Jesse that, look, your story is as follows. I woke up. I found her. That's all I know. Tells Jesse to say it. And when Jesse doesn't say it. He slaps fire out of Jesse in a way that no one ever gets to slap fire out of someone in real life. Wait, 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 wait. That was real. That slap was real. That slap was so great. But I'm saying, you never see somebody getting slapped like that in real life when they're in shock. Yeah. Apparently, according to the trivia of this episode, Aaron Paul said when, when Mike slaps him, that was real deal. He did not hold back. Method acting. I'm in my mode. <laughs> Jesse then gets told to repeat the lines, and he does quickly. <laughs> but I mean, this nigga slapped a fire flower out that nigga's face. 
I'd answer too. Like, oh man. He tells Jesse that once he makes the call, the people who will show up will be with the Office of Medical Investigations. That's primarily who he's going to talk to. The cops probably won't show up because ODs aren't higher on their priority list. He also doubts that he'll get arrested, but if he does, say nothing. He'll last speak with his lawyer, and then he better call Saul. And the most obvious thing, the man was not there. <laughs> Jesse continues to cry. The guy tells him put on a long sleeve shirt to cover his track marks on his arm and gives him the phone. He tells him to count down from 20 and then dial. He takes the bag of money and tells Jesse not he tells Jesse to hang tough because he's in the home stretch. So Jesse mutters from 20 to 0. Meanwhile, I sang new kids on the block. Listen up, everybody, if you want to take a chance. Oh, Scar, Brandon, I did trap karaoke this past weekend. I saw they're, they're going to be here that? in about in about two weeks. It was fucking fantastic. They made fun of me relentlessly because of my bald head. And then I went up on stage and they stopped making fun of me because I tore the motherfucker apart. What'd you do? The Humpty Dance and I Get Around by Tupac. Okay. Humpty Dance will get anybody on your side. I don't give a fuck where you are. There's two songs that are bonafide uh, to get black folks going at a karaoke bar. The Humpty Dance and Return of the Mac. Okay. And I know Return of the Mac. Who sings that? There it is. Mark Mark Morrison and also Fonte. The the Fonte version is fucking hilarious. (laughs) But yeah, I won an award. I got the Liddy Award. It was Liddy, but it was really fun. I recommend going. And if I get the chance to go again, I definitely am. Because next time I want to do We Gonna Make It by Jadakiss. Because they got to use the scales they weigh the whales with. Carlson's on the Jeep. Bugatti made the prototype. Do you get the picture? Yeah, I know the words. Because you got to know all the words. Niggas didn't know the words, and they, they stopped the music like the Sandman. Nobody danced out there. It was like, get the fuck off the stage. Nobody was allowed to boo. Anyhow, Walt makes Skyler some Cheerios with skim milk and without sugar. Like, oh, my God. Mm. Also, Flynn, yeah, Just put some water on that damn shit. Nigga, he already put skim milk on it. What more do you want from me? <laughs> you better you you put some water on that damn shit. How old do you have to be before you stop eating Cheerios with sugar on it? I thought that was a given. Like, I'm sorry. I have never had Cheerios without sugar on them. Who eats Cheerios when Honey Nut Cheerios cost the same exact price? And are way better because they have sugar on them. So why the fuck would anyone eat Cheerios? <laughs> I can see if it's like more expensive. It's the same price. It's the same as eating cornflakes and frosted flakes, my nigga. It's the same thing, but one has fucking sugar on it. Well, unless you have diabetes or something, you can't eat sugar. Yeah, that would be fucked up if you got to eat fucking... I just wouldn't eat Cheerios. I saw somebody eating oatmeal without sugar. If you have diabetes, you're not supposed to eat the Cheerios either because that's that's just tons of carbs. True. I say that as someone who has diabetes. 
I saw somebody eating oatmeal without sugar in it. Mm. Right? Like it was all thick and shit. Who eats who put sugar in oatmeal? I mean, you need some apple. That sounds c- awful. Apple cinnamon or some fucking peaches and cream. That's you ain't do- if it ain't apple cinnamon or peaches and cream, I'm not eating no oatmeal, dog. Hold on one second. None of us do. I literally also laughed out loud when <laughs> Walter called Junior into the room. He called Flynn by his dead name, and Flynn was like, I don't answer to that, basically, because Junior did not come out the room. Flynn ain't moving. So this gives Walter a headache. This nigga's like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> but not as big of a headache as finding out that they have $490 in donations from total strangers. <laughs> They're getting real actual money from as far as Vancouver. And it- I didn't notice this. But the what you call it says that the bell from the website is the same bell as Tuco's uncle. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was the same bell sound. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, they probably don't want to. I why do they even need a sound effect for the fucking bell? They probably get it just to annoy Walt. That's all. That's the whole yeah, thing. That is one hundred percent just to annoy Walt. That's to annoy Walt. That's the whole premise of it, and. Flynn is so fucking proud of this shit and Walt's like yeah that's really something (laughs) and Skylar checks him into being fake enthusiastic which is great it's been a long time since I've been checked into being fake enthusiastic about anything but when you get checked like that it's a whole ass situation Jane's dad Donald is going to pick her up for rehab. And he's on the phone saying, I expect you to be on the porch, bag packed, no excuses. For what it's worth, when he gets there, she's in a bag. So that's close. He tried, bro. Sir. sir. He tried. He tried to make her go to rehab, but she said, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like the dude from uh, Karate Kid who says to put him in the body bag. And like, that's how he goes out in Cobra Kai. Yeah. Jesse's at the front telling the story to the medical investigator. And he doesn't know Jane's date of birth, but obviously Donald does. So he gives all the information and looks at the picture of Apology Girl. The investigator asks if Donald can drive, and he says he can. So he follows him to the morgue. He doesn't even choke Jesse out, which seems like a missed opportunity, but, you know, priorities and shit. If I came back into the house after I told my daughter, if you don't go to rehab, I'm going to wait till the next day and then force you to go, and then I come back and you're fucking dead, and I'm already feeling bad. The dude that's with you is getting Bart Simpson choked out. Like, Especially back then, Jesse had a skinny neck. I could have fit both my hands around his neck and just see the, the color go out your eyes as the panic just builds up in your face. And you're like, I can't breathe. I don't feel like I would have choked Jesse like that if something had happened to my child. The money from <laughs> the money's from Terra Haute and Walt don't care. <laughs> They're calling out the names of the cities as they just show up. Anyway, Walt is calling and leaving a mess for Jesse. Skylar's like, you should come in here and stare at that busted-ass website with us see that we just broke $1,000. 
So he flushes the toilet and goes in. And that website is hideous. I'm sorry. I had a GeoCities website, and it looked better than that shit. Absolutely. I know some GeoCities when I fucking see it. Right? Like, how the fuck you choose a GeoCities website that is fucking neon green with lemon yellow shining stars and that fucking ding? Like, fuck you, bro. What? Hank has a money jar to raise cash for Walt, and he also has Combo's picture on the wall. Green is also Walt's color for the show. (laughs) Sorry. They all have colors. The, and most of their clothes are based off of those colors. Huh. Walt's color is green. Never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Skylar's must and, be white. Uh, um, I can't remember what Skylar's is. I, I know for a fact that Marie's is purple. Should have been red because she's a devil. She's not as much of the words yeah. as she used to be. I was about to say Marie hasn't been bad this season. Yeah. Because she was pregnant and she wasn't in it that much. That's also true. But Hank also has Combo's picture on the wall. And he tells us that Combo had no arrests other than stealing a fucking baby Jesus from a manger when he was 17. He was a low rep nobody, but he was dealing the blue meth. But now that he's dead, the drug is dried up in Albuquerque. Hank asks why. Gomi says because James Kill Kelly is actually in jail and that ends the whole thing. He's Heisenberg. But Hank doesn't believe that shit. He's been thinking about it, and he's been getting reports of the drug showing up in Texas, Arizona, Colorado, and Nevada, which means the Heisenberg's gone regional, even though he's still in town. Gus is moving quick. You skipped over the Bueller part. I did not. I don't need that. Look, every time I see Hank in this, in this, in this room talking to these people, I think about how fucking stupid he looked when he was working with actual competent officers. Right. But but yeah, you're but but not up. not mention the Bueller part. He did he he got blown up because the nigga needed to go throw up. Let's dead yeah, that yeah. statement right now. The nigga went to get a barf bag. Yeah, but um if that's to say Matthew Broderick was one of the people who was up for Walter White. Also oh. John Cusack. Oh John Cusack. Yeah, I didn't know that. I, you know, I didn't know the connection to it. Nobody told me the fucking importance of fucking Bueller. Bueller it just made me fucking hate that's Hank why, that's more. Why, so. That's why I brought now, it back. Now it's like you, back. You, you brought it back, and now I just feel you're like welcome, I should have known that shit. You ain't Kobe Bryant. Stop telling me I'm welcome. You're not fucking Maui either. I'll fucking tell you right now. You say welcome one more time. I'm going to smack that goofy off your head. <laughs> So, I'm sorry. When Jim Jones was a koofy smacker. <laughs> uh, oh, um, and um, uh, one thing I didn't mention that was in the trivia for this episode, um, Jonathan Banks, Mike, is only in this episode because um, Bob Odenkirk was filming an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And that's how Mike was born. They're now up to $2,810, and Walt still don't give a fuck. Saul's, Saul's guy, Mike, has found Jesse. They yeah, go to a crack house. Hmm? Because 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 Skylar and, and, and Flynn are on the Celebrate Good Times Come On, and, and Walt is niggas don't give a fuck, nigga. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they are on... 
two completely different wavelengths at this point. And like, it's just, but I mean, already knew what was happening. And also, why the fuck are we celebrating two thousand dollars, my nigga? The shit costs a hundred thousand. Work harder. <laughs> Work harder. Like it don't, it don't matter. That's two. That's two thousand dollars you didn't have, according mm-hmm. to them, because they think they broke. Nah, waltz like that's still begging, and y'all are begging for literal pennies compared to what we need. Scar, that's not even a see? finger in the dam. That's a finger now. This is a random thought, but Scar, did you see OJ was on? It is what it is. I saw it. I have not seen it. I saw that he was on. I have not seen it yet. <laughs> they got, they it, had the, they had the Chiron under it. Uh, it. It is what it is. NFL analyst OJ. <laughs> And they brought in AB as a normal contributor to the show. So this is going to be some fuckity fuck ass shit. After they got $30 million. Antonio Brown is a correspondent on that show. This is going to be some fuck shit. Dan Levitard, who's my favorite sports personality, started Metal Arc Media. He's been in the game for 20 years. DraftKings gave him $50 million to start Metal Arc Media. Cam and Mace got 30 mil from underground fantasy and they've been doing this less than a year 30 mil sorry that was completely random but oj as an nfl analyst is fucking hilarious absolutely i mean my man is is considered one of the greatest running backs of all time he ran from the place pretty fucking great regardless of what he did outside of of the of the of of the sport I mean, he's considered one of the best. That's just fucking hilarious. I just hope. I, mean, I wonder if people are going to turn on them now, though, that they got nope. money and they got OJ and stuff. I don't think so. Because if people were going to turn, they don't turn because of OJ. Because the people who give a shit, really give a shit that much about OJ, um, are not the same kind of people that's going to watch this show. The Antonio, <laughs> the Antonio Brown thing is the part that would turn people away. Yeah. He had a video of some girl licking his finger, and his caption was, she licked me because I got CTE. Rashani don't give a fuck. Sorry, Rashani. It just popped up on my screen. Rashani don't give a fuck, nigga. Well, you did just make a Koofy Smacker joke. I know, right? That nigga literally thought he was so hard calling himself the Koofy Smacker. He told Nas he'll slap that fucking Koofy off your head in the Hate Me Now freestyle. Um, Which, if you take out the F word, uh, the F word gay slur in that freestyle, it's pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> I listened to um, LO Cool J's response. I don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole today. But I was listening. Oh, I know how. Spotify has a DJ mode where it just plays random ass music based on, you know, your playlist and what they think you might like and shit like that. And right now they're celebrating, you know, 50 years of hip hop. So they're playing music from the 90s. And one of the songs they played was 4321. Meth blew it up. That was great. Uh, Red Man did great. Then Cannabis comes on, and I had to listen to it twice because Cannabis said nothing about a mic on anybody's arm. This and then somebody else rapped, uh, DMX rapped, 
after it was not it was not in the verse it was a conversation no no my guy i did the research was, on this I shit i went and looked so here's what happened cannabis did his and then dmx did his and then ll cool j came on last and his whole verse was just fucking lighting cannabis the fuck up so i was like yo what the fuck happened like i didn't hear nothing about give me the mic off your arm it turned out cannabis wrote his line about ll let me borrow the mic on your arm ll told him if you want to stay on this fucking song you'd better rewrite your fucking rap and take that bar out so cannabis did that's how the beef started over and then the nigga the went back behind and then him. ll cool j went back and did his lines and lit that nigga up about a bar that wasn't in the song anymore so the shit didn't make sense so then cannabis went and got Mike Tyson and made second round knockout. Which I had no idea this is how this started. This is how yeah. it all started. And then that. in second round knockout, this nigga used the line about you might have more cash than me, but you won't eat a nigga's ass like me. No, no, hold on, wait. The whole part with Mike Tyson at the beginning of the song is so cringe. Yeah, but it's he's Mike Tyson. Work, he's talking about work that nigga whole all kinds of shit. Like, bruh. So then, I, I I wonder how how far removed was this song from Mike Tyson's prison stint? I don't know, but what I do know is, after that, this song came out in 1997. Second round knockout came out in 1997. LL Cool J heard the shit in 1997. Great. LL does not come up with a response to this shit until 2002, my nigga. No. Yes. He does not come back with anything until he does the GOAT album. I'm sorry, in 2000. In 2000, this nigga came back out with um, Back Where I Belong. With Ja Rule doing the fucking chorus. In 2000, three years later, this nigga come back with a response album. Talking about how he's chilling on the block with Bloods. And the Bloods tell him that nobody's listening to what he's talking about anymore. Because he's, it's the Jiggy era now. And Platinum is where it's at. So then he goes back to dissing Cannabis three fucking years later. That's the weakest shit in my entire life that I've ever heard, period. You said what, what, 4321 was when? What year? 4321 was 97. River Strikes Back, the actual direct response was 98. That's what I said. That's what I thought. The direct response, the Ripper Strikes Back was 98. Okay, that's cool. Ripper Strikes Back was 98. And then the nigga came back in 2000. Did Cannabis have beef with Eminem too? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I listened to Stan the other day. Ooh, that's an iconic song. That is an incredible song. It is. Like as like as just as a just as like a written song, it, it is an incredible song. I hadn't listened to it in years. You know, that, I you know that, that song was you know that song was inspired by cannabis, right? <laughs> Stan was? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I, I did not know that. 
I did not know that. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that song was inspired by the nigga who was a fan who took that shit too far. <laughs> not only was Stan in an un, like just an incredibly written song, it's also I didn't. I mean, I knew this obviously, but I just never like computed with me that we just use that as a term now. Yes, we do. Yeah, we just call people stands. Like, and it's like all came from this song in 2000. Yep. <laughs> or 2001, whatever the fuck that shit came out. That is like, I, like, I went, a lot of Eminem shit doesn't hold up. I would, I listened to that song. I was like, that song is fucking incredible. Like, that's such an incredibly told story throughout this mm-hmm. song. I don't, I don't know if there's very many, like, if you put that song in a verses, what can go against it? I don't know what I mean. It's one of the, if you're talking about like story songs, like songs that are stories, I can't, like, it's such an incredible song as a story. It's such an incredible story. It's I much mean, better than Regulators. <laughs> that's a horrible um, story. Well, well, that's a horrible story. I think, I think if we're talking just, or if it's not just, a, if it's not a versus, if it's just like a tournament of story, story uh, songs or whatever like that, I think Meet the Parents might be close. Jay Z's Meet the Parents. Might be oh, close. you know what? As if you take comedy, uh, Once Upon a Time in the Projects, Rashani knows that I do, but I'm I'm really giving it some thought because other than Stan, a lot of story raps that came out around that same frame of time all dealt with sexual assault of women. Like finding out that the girl's father had been molesting her or something like that. Okay, that's Wait, what bro, Joe Budden did on Walk with Me. Let me that's... let me can I can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Boys in the hood. When we're, when we're talking about telling stories, does metaphors count? Me and my girlfriend, I gave you power. Like, do those songs do those songs count? You know what? I gave you power is incredible, and I fucking hate Nas. I hate Nas. But that Easy song is great. Easy in Boys in the Hood. In the great story. <laughs> no, great story. Easy. No, it's no, it's no, a great story. Knowing that somebody wrote that whole shit for him, like he had no, he had no input on that song at all. That don't matter. It's still a great story. Ice Cube clearly wrote. You that know what? Shit. Ice Cube's My Summer Vacation. Great story. Ice Cube. It was a good day. Ice Cube did a lot of story songs. Yeah, he did. It was a good day. Once upon a time in the projects. Yeah, you already said that one. Mm-hmm. I like story the, rap. The, I, the, I should the, make a playlist. Does me and my girlfriend count? And no. I don't think it's, so. It's, it's, it's the story about his gun. Yeah, I know, but I don't think so. But I gave you power does, but me and my girlfriend doesn't. Also, another song that's the story, Eminem, Guilty Conscience, is very problematic. Oh, I fucking hate that song. As a concept, he basically told an anthology, like the X-Files, or like, uh, like, uh, what's that movie? Damn, what's the movie we reviewed, uh, Rashani? I'm about to lose my black card. No, I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Anthology in a song. No, 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 no. I'm surprised. That this nigga Dre let him even mention D Barnes in that fucking song. <laughs> Mr. Like, Dre, Mr. NWA, Mr. AK coming straight out of Compton. 
Like, whoa. So you think y'all forgot about deep arms? <laughs> like, are you like for real? That's where we going with this? And Dre says, I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I did. It's a good point. Uh, that, was a, that was a little tangent, but yes, go listen to Stan. It's pretty fucking. I incredible. never seen Straight Outta Compton, but apparently all of that is just completely whitewashed out of that movie. Oh yeah, they don't talk about it at all. Was that part? Did that happen when he was in NWA? I thought yes, it happened. did. Absolutely, it did. No, well, it was. It was either at towards the end or shortly it was thereafter. Shortly thereafter. Okay. So, okay, let me, while we're on this subject, I need one, I need to say one more thing. Ice Cube says that, um, that, that No Vaseline is a far superior diss song to, uh, hit him up. And I 100, uh, I 100% well, agree. Yeah, that's a given. No, but people were trying to tell him that hit him up is like, what is like a better diss song than No Vaseline. He was beat. like. He said, he said, nigga, they, the, the, the group that I targeted never recorded a fucking thing after that. They stopped. <laughs> they stopped. Everything was over after No Vaseline. It was donezo for them niggas collectively. It's, it's because Hit Em Up has a better beat. It's an iconic beat. Every, no, and but- everybody remembers the first line. Everybody, but that song dies after he stopped rapping. Well, yeah, because the dies. rest of the people are nobodies. The moment Get Out the Way yo, comes on, that song is dead. Yeah, it's just like real uh, motherfucking G's with Easy E. He kind of killed Dr. Dre, though, in that, like, that's probably the best rap Easy E ever did. Yeah, because he wrote that shit from the ground <laughs> up. Cowards in Compton was fucking hilarious, too. That was the Luke disc. That was the response to Dre Day, I think. Yeah, Real Cop the City G's is pretty, pretty good, pretty good. We should do a Patreon on best diss songs. I'm sure y'all did that on the Dream Team. Oh, I'm sure we have. I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But now we, but now we have to. Now we have to add. We have to add. You are hiding a child. Do that list. Yeah, that's the only diss song <laughs> like the last ten years, right? They don't even do diss songs. No, back back to back counts. Back to back counts. I really like back to back as just like a nigga just just clowning a nigga who dissed him first. Like back to back is up there for me. It's not. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's top ten. I don't know if it's top fifteen. It's up there. Back to back is fucking hilarious because this nigga dissed him first. He responded, nothing. So he said, fuck it. I will respond to you again. We don't get beefs no more. I missed that rap. I mean, we just we just had a beef. Like, no, but no one gives a shit about that beef. Push it to you and Jim Jones. Cause like, oh, oh come on. <laughs> who cares about who cares about Jim Jones? <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, we don't have beefs like we used to. All right, back to the show. Okay, so you know, 
everything Eminem did in Eight Mile at the end of that show or at the end of that movie, it's completely negated by the fact that he wrote both sides of those raps. Well, <laughs> what? That's yes, so random. Yes, yeah, that whole the whole thing. He wrote the whole thing, but like, so the nigga wrote the pitch, and then he always hit a home run. And it's like, oh, he hit a home run, nigga. He's the one who. I just don't like the fact that there's people who react to the end of that movie without watching the movie. Well, that's because the end of so the movie is the best part any, of the movie. So you don't get the you don't get any of the references because they basically referenced that whole movie through that whole through the ending of that. Yeah, so you didn't there's have to watch of, it. Lotto should have won. He should have. Yes. Lotto's rap was fire. Mm-hmm. Hey, here, where do you think? Give me the That shit was that was good. It wasn't good. It was just funny. That's on Rashani's list of movies that you I, don't only need to watch the ending. I still say Papa Doc. I like don't we at the very least we should have heard Papa Doc rap at the early part of this. What Anthony? What <laughs> he could not rap. <laughs> I would have loved no. to hear. I mean, but we never like he's supposed to be that nigga, and we never hear him rap. Like not at the beginning of the movie, not somewhere in the in the middle where he just tearing somebody up. Like so, we we have no real reason to fear him. Because we never yeah, hear also, trying to make Anthony Mackie look scary is hilarious in hindsight. <laughs> and his the look on his face after that rap is 100% real. Because Eminem came to him before they shot that scene and said, I'm going to put some of your real life in this rap. Just be prepared. So some of that stuff that he said in that rap is, is his real life. So that look on his face after like, nigga, what the fuck? Is real. That is one hundred percent real. <laughs> and then he has to act after that. <laughs> he has to act after that. But like that look on his face immediately after that rap was done is real. Anthony Mackie said it himself. We're sorry, sick of us. You brought us back to Eight Mile. We was ready before. I'm just saying. I, the point I made was made. Mm-hmm. Nigga, it, it literally, if <clears throat> it's like if you're saying these lines and then they find out that I wrote your shit too and it's all scripted. I mean, it is a movie. Yeah. It's kind of like this, that, 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 that battle on Queens with Brandy and Eve. Like somebody had to write that, and somebody probably wrote both sides. They are probably not considered writers of TV and movies, so someone else had to write that for them. Mm-hmm. And whoever whoever writes whoever wrote Brandy's raps, his his pen was on fire. So Jesse's at a crack house, and Mike's like, "Yo, you shouldn't go in there because." APD is known for sitting on this place. And even though they're not here, you can still get mugged or shot. He recommends that Walt goes home and let him handle it because Walt's not built for it. But Walt goes in anyway, and it's a hellhole. Jesse's as high as a kite. And Walt tried to take him out of there, but he doesn't want to go. Walt, however, shows an amazing amount of grace and compassion. And Jesse wraps his arms around him and starts sobbing. 
Walt caresses his head and holds him to his chest. And Jesse says that he killed her. I mean, Walt knows that he didn't. So he tells him, so you didn't kill her. Jesse says that he loved Jane more than anything and continued to sob. And I'm like, did you though? Did he though? Did he love her more than meth? Because he was like, I'm going to do meth, so you should get the fuck out. He literally chose meth over her and fucked her all day up. Did he though? No, he chose meth to His man's just died. I don't give a fuck. If my man's just died, you know what? I've had three of them die. I've had three die in the past six years. I'm not going to push my wife away to do something destructive. You were already doing meth, though, before that. He didn't love her more than meth. That's all I'm saying. And she's not his wife. He didn't love her more than meth. Meth was his number one. You would push your wife away to protect her from something that you're about to do. He literally was like, I'm about to do meth. I don't want to be around you right now. And she was like, we can go do this. We can go do this. We can go be free. And he was like, get the fuck out. I'm about to smoke meth. Which reminds think, me, I took I Go-Go out for her birthday, and we went to a all-you-can-eat uh, sushi restaurant, and that was dope. We sat next to a window, which was dope. Which What wasn't dope was right outside of that window, there were two people smoking meth. Wow. Glass pipe the whole nine yards. Broad-ass daylight. Busy street. Standing right next to the window, like a puppy trying to get back in the house, smoking meth. Then we ate. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Donald goes back to Jane's apartment and looks at the art that she drew. And he talks with her mom about the programs for the funeral and picks out a blue dress for her to wear because when was the last time that Jane wore yellow? Also, it's a long sleeve dress because, you know, it covers the tracks. He didn't say that, but I want to make it known. Walt is changing Holly's diaper and Flynn is in the background celebrating every single ding that brings money into the account. I'd be annoyed by now, too. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, dude, get a hobby. Every fucking ding when Walter is around is a stab to his ego. Walt asks him to turn down the volume on the dings because they're annoying the baby. But then Skylar tells Flynn he's going to be in the newspaper because one of Marie's uh, patients writes for the paper and thinks it'll be an interesting story. Flynn gets excited because that means more hits on the site. Skylar thinks it'll mean more contributions from people, and Walt thinks it's going to give him a motherfucking ulcer. But no one gives a fuck what Walt thinks, so they both look at him and he says, Wow. He doesn't even say wow like that. He says wow like niggas when they caught in a lie. <laughs> Walt, is that the best you can do? <sighs> wow. Hank's found meth east of Scottsdale, and he's talking with the chief about it, of Scottsdale. And the ASAC asked him to come and meet three men who are underwriting their fun run. So he's going to give them a tour. They each introduce themselves to Hank. And the third one is Gustavo Fring. Which is the only one that Hank gets excited about. But not because Gustavo sells drugs. No, because Gus makes a hell of a chicken. 
a hell did of a Gus, Did Gus know about Walt and that's why he was there? Or did he find out about Walt when he was there? He found out about Walt while he was there. He, fought, he found out about Walt while he was there. He didn't know that Walt had cancer. Yeah, or that Hank was his brother-in-law. Right. He goes on to tell them that his office covers everything from drug-related to money laundering to interdiction of illegal drug money crossing the border. The group he supervises focuses on meth, which is a growing problem in the country, and Gus says that's terrible. Hank says the fun run is one of the most powerful things they can do. And the ASAC is escorting the men away when Gus notices the surgery fund for Walt. And the first thing he asks Hank is not, hey, man, what's going on with that guy? He asks Hank, is he one of your agents? If Hank had said yes, Walt would be dead. Absolutely. Hank would probably not, but Walt would be murdered in the face immediately. Hank says, no, he's my brother-in-law. So Gus gives him some money. Jesse's in rehab in a hippie place, and Walt tells him that he won't be back for a while because he had a surgery that Friday. And he says hopefully things will go well, but if not, Saul has Jesse's money and he'll take care of him. He then tells Jesse that lingering on things doesn't help anything and that he should try and focus on getting better. And Jesse says that he deserves this, which is what Walt said in the desert, and now he understands what he meant. Jesse feels like he deserves whatever happens. Walt gets back home to find that the newspaper story has grown into a television news story. and He really doesn't like that. We find that so far, the people, Walt, have raised $6,630. Flynn, who never tells Walt this shit, thinks that Walt is the best and that he doesn't want to lose him because he's a great father and a great teacher and he knows everything about chemistry and he's patient and he's decent and he's Flynn's hero and Walt cries. Give these niggas they flowers. If you had told Walt these things earlier, maybe he wouldn't be making meth. And that makes him want to make meth more. If, no, I'm saying if someone had just given this dude some semblance of appreciation. Yeah, sure. I agree. He might not have gone down this path. Walt was supposed to throw up on the um the the one of the ladies' shoes. They cut that out of the scene, but it was supposed to happen. Why would he be throwing up? That's why they cut it. It made no sense in the bigger picture of things. Walt's getting ready for his surgery and he's being sedated, and they ask him, Are the drugs good? And he's like, I'm feeling nice. <laughs> <laughs> Skyler's like you want me to take your glasses and he fumbles trying to take them off so we know he's lit he's litty everything's great until Skyler asks him if he brought his cell phone and Walt stars which one <laughs> yeah. oops Flynn literally tries to cover for this nigga but Skyler ain't no fool nope the surgery goes well, but the damage is done, my nigga. Like, D-U-N. Done. Dr. Decavoli asks about Holly, and Walt shows him a picture. Then Doc asks what Walt's pain level is, and he says it's low. The other doctor, the white one, says that Walt has bought himself some real time here. And Skylar asks, well, when can Walt get back to his normal routine? And the doctor says, well, he can do it now. 
And Skylar confirms, and this made me laugh, so he can be on his own, though, right? And the doctor says, yes, yes, he can. And Walt is like, good, Skylar. I, I know you don't want two babies at the house. And Skylar looks at him like, <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. <sighs> Donald goes back to work after five weeks, and Stuart apologizes for the news. He keeps talking about it, and, and just shut the fuck up, dude. Like, again, there's nothing you can say. Is going to take away the pain that this dude's feeling. Just listen when he wants to talk. Other than that, shut the fuck up. It's a strategy I did with Scar. Works great. Donald says at a certain point, after a certain point, time off doesn't help. The nigga's been gone for five weeks, ladies and gentlemen. We finally know a time span. Time off doesn't work, so we'd rather be there focusing on work as an air traffic controller. It's been five weeks since uh, Jane died. Mm-hmm. Okay. Skylar's packing Holly up while Walt says that he's going to keep his bald head and beard. She says she's taking Flynn and Holly to Hank and Marie's house, and she wants him gone by Monday. He asks her to at least tell me why. And she says it's because you're a fucking liar. She tells him about the cell phone comment, and he's like, I was medicated, Skylar. Duh. He's like, I, I think you accidentally told the truth. No, Skylar, I was medicated. What do you want me to do, Skylar? Shoot bullets through me, Skylar. Jeez. So Skylar's like, all right, you're going you gonna, to you gonna keep playing that role, huh? All right, cool, 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 cool. She got to thinking about all the strange behavior and she thought about that fucking fugue state, which I knew was a fucking bad idea because Skylar's not fucking stupid. Which she had to believe because there was nothing else she could do. But just because you have to believe something because the dude shows back up doesn't mean it goes away. He just thought everything was good after that, if y'all recall. Yep. He asked her if she thinks that he's having an affair. And she's like, initially, my guess was that you were fucking Gretchen. So I called her and fucking asked her. And it took me a while to get to her because she kept fucking ducking my calls. So I finally left a message asking what was going on between you and her, Walt. Gretchen called back and told her that Gretchen and Elliot didn't pay for a dime of Walt's treatment, even though $100,000 was paid to the hospital. Walt had refused every single one of their offers. Where'd that money come from, Walt? Out of thin air? Hmm? Hmm? Then she goes back to packing. And then she stops. When they start doing something else and then they stop and look back at you, that's when you better duck because the kill shot is coming. Then I called your mother, Walt. Thanks for that. I told you, all he had to do, at the very least, all he had to do was make sure that his mother knew that he had cancer. Place the phone call. Skylar hates his mom, but she thought maybe his mom had money that Skylar didn't know about. But not only did she not have any money, his mama didn't even know he had the cancer. His mom swears that he was never there. Uh-huh. 
Walter is so sure that he's the smartest person in the room that he does dumb shit that'll get him caught up because he's not smart at everything, which is what Jesse kept trying to fucking tell the dude. All he had to do was place that call to his mama. Just place a call to your mama. Mama. He just thought that uh, he thought that that Skyler was stupid. It wasn't yeah. that he wasn't smart. It's just that he's like Skyler would never follow up on this shit. Like, Skyler's gonna Skyler's gonna fucking believe me. Yeah, a fugue state walking through a store bucket naked. That's I don't remember any of it. What? What? No, I don't need to call my mom. She's gonna believe anything I tell you. Walter called her name, and Skyler asked him to just once do her the courtesy of not denying it. She walks out to the car, and he follows, begging her not to go. There's a song from the 80s called Please Don't Go. Don't go. It's whole, that's all the lyrics as far as I, I remember. I thought, I thought you were going to go Tank there. Okay. I don't know, Tank. He asked her to stay in exchange for him telling her everything, and she's like, whatever it is, I'm afraid to know what the fuck you're about to say, and drives away. You think he would have told her? Yeah. I think he would have just because of the whole $6,650. He wants credit. Right. So him telling her wouldn't have been something altruistic. It would have been something she knows. And then me and Saul, we put all that money into that thing that Junior's so fucking happy about. So those dings, those are all me. Look, let me take you into the laundry room. See this? I already showed our daughter. Now I'm going to show you. That. Donald's doing his job, but he's slipping. He's starting to sweat. And while he's talking to an air while he's talking to an airplane and calling out the uh, call sick, the call numbers, he slips up and he says Jane's name. And then he slips into a fugue state because it happens, apparently. And directs two planes and then stops directing them. And they are going directly into a path where they're going to collide in midair. Because I guess he shouldn't have been back yet. Walton is backyard when he sees the explosion and the bear falls from the sky into his pool. Walter stares at it as he sinks and the color fades to black and white. The end. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Walter is wearing the same color as the bear on the sweater. I'm just saying. Yeah, overall... Walt had a big part in this whole crash, but Donald, if he knew, if he knew who he was talking to, he'd regret that conversation until the day he died. Yeah. Randy, you got anything? Uh, Do I have anything? No, not really. Okay. Scar, you got anything? Um, I got. I oh, I do have something. Go ahead. Oh no, I don't. Never mind. Go ahead, Scar. No, I, I still got the candles coming soon. I'm working. Um, I did want to say one more piece of trivia. Um, David House, the person who plays Walt's oncologist, uh, he actually died of cancer in 2016 in November. He never saw it coming. And he wasn't an oncologist. He just played one on TV. He just slept at a uh, Holiday Inn Express.
916-633-1537. Return to Oswald at gmail.com. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-L-K. I'm on there at Ratchet Book Club. You can leave a review for the show on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review for the show on Podchaser. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app and then copy and paste that into the Apple Podcast app. Thank you to each and every one of y'all who leave reviews. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. You can also donate to the show on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can buy us a drink. Or you can go to the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar. In the end, just a tip. I'm shocked nobody did that one to trap karaoke. Buy you a drink? Yeah. That's a good one. It would have taken off. Especially with this auto-tune. Right? Hmm. Think about that for the future, too. But like I said, I'm probably going to end up doing Jadakiss. We're going to make it. I just need somebody else to learn the three lines that that other nigga says. Styles. <laughs> you should do Monica's first night. Why the fuck would I get up and Nisha should do Monica's first night? No, you should do it. That would be funny. Uh, I'm not trying to be funny in front of a stage full of black people who were looking at me the way they were looking at a free world after Eminem said that shit about the 313. Back to email. Nice touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Is it? Okay.